is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go. Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. We're here to help you win the ultimate bragging rights, a fantasy title. Let's go! Now, here's Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. All right, we got a busy show for you today on Thursday, August 23rd. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Fantasy Football Today. I'm Adam Azer with Heath Cummings and Jamie Eisenberg, and Dave Richard will be strolling in in about 10 minutes. We're going to talk about some sleepers. We're going to rank rookie-wide receivers. we got big news on the Cowboys offensive line. And we're digging into the rankings today. And guys, if we have time, we're going to play some Fantasy Jeopardy, which is always yes. risky. Always. Never seems to go well, but I think we're going to nail it today. We'll do that now because I have to leave early. Oh, you'll, you'll be on. You'll be on for it. Don't worry about it. Uh, all season long, CBS Sports I gotta go. Bye. is delivering the best fantasy football advice directly through the Google Assistant. You'll be able to compare players and get insights into who to draft all month long. And we will turn to Dave, Jamie, and Heath today to find out how this works later on in the show. We're going to debate a couple of wide receivers with the Google Assistant. It's going to be awesome. All right, fast-paced show today. Lot to get to. Give me three sleepers apiece. Three sleepers from each of you. Jamie. Al- Heath. Nope, you said Jamie. You Jamie. don't want mine. Hey, Let Jamie, go first. Okay, <laughs> Jamie, go. Uh, I'll try to talk about some guys I don't think we've talked about enough. Uh, so first off, we had uh, Pete Prisco on our um, CBS Sports HQ Fantasy Football Today show yesterday, and he's in Tampa Bay, and he brought up uh, one of my favorite receivers, uh, Chris Godwin, and he said that they're uh, Heath. Correct me if I'm quoting this wrong. That he's they're viewing Mike Evans as the one, and and Chris Godwin as the one A. Yep. Um, so they're expecting him to play a lot, be on the field in two wide receiver sets with Deshaun Jackson not on the field. And where you're getting Chris Godwin, who does not have a CBS Sports average draft position right now. So you can imagine how late you're getting him. That could just be a monster, monster player for you this year. Would you take Chris Godwin over? Yes. Michael Gallup. Uh, yes. How about? I would, I would not yet. How about DJ Moore, Jamie? Uh, I'm trying to think where I put Gallup, put up a Godwin yesterday. Um, they're in the same range. Yeah, I've got, I've got a range of like five receivers, including John Brown. They're all in that same range. Okay. Great late round flyers. Chris Godwin had four games last year with more than six targets. He did pretty well in all of them. He had six, six, nine, and 17 fantasy points in non PPR. And he caught a, a really good amount of them, uh, amount of those passes. Okay. Uh, Chris Godwin is one. Oh, let's go back and forth. Heath, give me one sleeper. I heard you say the letter A when I interrupted you. It sounded like you were he, saying... He's, he's going down the limb. He's saying Alvin Kamara. It, it sounded like you were saying Alshon Jeffrey, but I know that's not the case. You got the first two letters right. It is Al. Al. Alex, Alex Smith. Oh, okay. I think he's like he's the number 19 quarterback off the board in Fantasy Pros drafts. I'm not sure where he is in CBS drafts. Um I've got him ranked 14th right now. I think there's a very good chance if he plays 16 games, he's a top 12 quarterback this year. His career high for pass attempts is 508 attempts. Jay Gruden's offenses the last three years have averaged 567 pass attempts. He was a top five quarterback last year with 505. I Like, he won't be as efficient as he was last year because he doesn't have Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey. But he may just be... With his rushing volume and an increase in passing volume, he may just be a volume quarterback, kind of like more like a Matthew Stafford type this year. He's QB 17 in CBS ADP, Alex Smith. Uh, do the Redskins feel like a four-win team to you guys? Is that harsh? Yeah. How many offensive linemen do the Cowboys have? Because they might beat them both games. I mean, look, they, they can have all, all of them in, with by week three or four, you know? They I'm could. feeling a lot better by the day about my Giants winning the NFC East <laughs> Well, I think the point is, you know, that he, uh, Alex Smith is going to probably be on his worst team in a long time. And you look at the team that led the NFL in pass attempts last year, it was the Giants. So we do see bad teams throw a lot of passes. Um, they don't have a, they may not have a good running game. So, okay. I, I think it's a, it's a great call, uh, just based on where you're getting him. The, the, I think the thing that will swing him one way or the other, very similar to the Giants is will he have a healthy receiving core? Because he, he, I don't think Alex Smith can be good if he doesn't have two of, I, I mean not two of, but he needs to have one one of Crowder or Jordan Reed having a big season. I'm I, very tempted to rank him as my number one quarterback in the NFC East. 
Oh my God! Please, please. This is a this is an upsideless quarterback. <laughs> Why is it upsideless? Like he? What are you talking about? Did oh, you see almost did you see his numbers last year? Yeah, he had the best year of his career. You would never buy into a guy who had the best year of his career. No, no, this no. Late. But but I think I, I, if he was being drafted like that, yes. But where you're getting him, there, there's only upside. I get it. But almost every quarterback like has some upside. You know, it, they're all exciting. Mariota has a lot more upside than. Than Alex Smith, uh, I, I, Patrick I Mahomes is going. Mariota and I'm excited about him, but I don't know why we would say he has more upside than Alex Smith. That that seems really? ridiculous. Really? Has he ever I, had a season as like? I think they're kind of the same in the same situation, just based on the draft value. And we don't really know how many times Mariota is going to throw, so maybe that wasn't fair because they do have a new offensive system. He might throw the ball as often as Alex Smith does. He'll run more too, and Smith will run a little, but. But Mariota will run more, right? Maybe they're kind of the same guy. I don't, I don't know who has run more the last couple of years. Well, Mariota's like a 300 rushing yard, a little more than that kind of guy. So, and, and last year he stopped running a little bit after he got hurt, and then he started running again. I was actually looking at Mariota's game log yesterday. He started running again late in the season into the playoffs. He had two games with a lot of rushing yards. The five years in Kansas City, Alex Smith had 431, 254, 498, 134, and 355 rushing wow. yards. Oh, he's a little unpredictable there. I, I guess they'll probably be a wash. You Okay, all right. You think Alex Smith and, and Mariota have co- comparable upside? I think it's similar, yeah. Okay. Jamie, give me another sleeper. Uh, ben Watson. Um, you know, we, we, we look at the you know, 10, 11, whatever, how many tight ends you want to say are, are should be number one guys. Um Watson's not going to be drafted as number one guy. Uh, he may not finish as a number one guy. But the last time he was the starter for the Saints, which was the first year without Jimmy Graham, he was what, like 70 catches, 800 yards, and seven touchdowns? He was a top seven tight end in fantasy last time. He was, yeah, in a previous stint with the Saints. He was great. I don't know what the numbers were, but, yeah, Ben Watson was a good call on the sleeper pick. Would you rather have Ben Watson or O.J. Howard? Watson. Ben Watson or George Kittle? Kittle. I just want to say, I, I have been taking George Kittle a lot. Everybody's off George Kittle now. Nobody seems to want him. He might be ready for week one. I, I think the only reason people are off of him is because of the injury. I know, but I feel but, like, but, maybe you know, it's a he's silly. in that, he's in that group of guys though. Like, I, I think Kittle, he's in my 12th ranked tight end. I, I, I think, you know, last year he led the 49ers in red zone targets. He's, he's got a ton of upside. Um, but he's still unproven. And, you know, we, we had this discussion way back when, when we were talking about Kittle, um, uh, as much as Jimmy Garoppolo leaned on him, he almost leaned on Garrett Selleck in the same capacity in those five games. So I'm, I'm hopeful for Kittle. I, again, he led them in, in red zone targets, so that should be a, a sign that in that area he's going to be productive. But there was no Garcon last year. There was no Dante Pettis last year. So I, I put Kittle and Watson and, and Hayden Hurst and um, you know guys that are in somewhat good opportunities. They have a chance to be successful, but I wouldn't be surprised if Watson's better than all of them. Heath, sleeper number two. Jamie gave a tight end. I'll give a receiver that should be a tight end. Brandon Marshall. Russell Wilson threw 34 touchdown passes last year. Jimmy Graham, Paul Richardson, and Luke Wilson caught 20 of them. They're not on the team anymore. I don't know who else is going to catch touchdowns in Seattle. It's like Doug Baldwin might catch 10 instead of 8. Tyler Lockett might catch 6 instead of 2. You've still got a bunch of touchdowns to replace. They have talked Brandon Marshall up a lot so far in training camp, and he's basically not being drafted. Would you rather have Chris Godwin or Brandon Marshall? Godwin. Godwin has more upside. I think there's I think there's a chance Marshall scores more touchdowns. Jamie, your final sleeper. Um thinking of a guy that we haven't talked about. Uh yeah, these are good names. Jordan, I like this. Stuff. In, have you heard of Jordan Wilkins? No. Um <laughs> uh Aaron Jones. I don't think we talk about Aaron Jones enough. And um last, yesterday Mike McCarthy was very praiseworthy of, of Jamal Williams, and, and I think Williams is in line to have a good season. I asked the guys this question on, on CBS Sports HQ, so I'm curious your uh, answer, Adam. So there were two two things happened yesterday. Uh, we had the report from the Miami Herald about Kenyon Drake and sharing time with Frank Gore. You, you've heard me say this on the show a lot, that that was the expectation for a while. Um, but if Kenyon Drake is in a timeshare with the Dolphins, and if Jamal Williams is clearly the lead back for the Packers. Which running back would you rather have? What does clearly the lead running back mean? Well, 
Aaron Jones is out the first two games. And you heard Pete Prisco when he came on here after he visited Green Bay that to a man, everyone he asked, they said Jamal Williams was the guy. They're going to share all, they're all going to touch the ball at some point this season, Aaron Jones and, and Ty Montgomery. But if both guys are in a timeshare, who would you rather have? I, if they, if they get the same amount of carries, I'd rather have Williams. Um, I would say that I don't buy the Miami stuff. I, maybe I buy it earlier in the season, but I just, I'm probably going to be in the minority there. I just don't believe at all in Frank. Oh, Ford. no, you, 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 sh- you, I don't think you're in the minority and, and I think you're right, but I'm taking Drake ahead of Williams right now. Everyone, is. if they got the same amount of carries, but they went, they went very similarly in the draft we did the other day, like within maybe seven picks of each other. If they had the same amount of touches each game, I would take Williams. But I, I feel like Drake. Yeah, I would take Drake. We haven't, like, I think maybe we undersell a little bit how good Kenyon Drake was in the second half last year. Yeah, but he didn't really have competition for touches. And, and right. I, I agree with you. You just look at what these guys did in, in their work last year. Now it's probably not fair to judge Williams because of who the quarterback was for the Packers when he was getting the majority of his work. I, I just think that I don't think we're underselling Drake in this. I don't, I just don't know if we're giving Williams maybe the credit that he's capable of, of getting. And the fact that McCarthy, who is, you know, not exactly the most effusive with praise. He's not Pete Carroll. <laughs> no, no. Was, was, was so glowing about him is encouraging. That being said, I think there's a, there's a, uh, one of my favorite things to do. And, and it's almost like Dave and I fight for this all the time. Whoever gets Jamal Williams first is trying to make that, that combo. And it's easy to do in your draft. I did it in my, uh, softball team league the other day. Um, you could probably do it maybe in your leagues as well, uh, depending on where Jamal Williams goes. Getting Get Aaron Jones. Yeah, Aaron huh? Jones. Right, getting Aaron Jones. We kind of got off right. the Aaron Jones. No, I'm saying, but so Aaron Jones last year had four games with at least double digits and carries. Three of them, he scored 10 or more fantasy points in non-PPR. He's not a big guy in the passing game, and, and that's going to really, I think, depend on Ty Montgomery. But for where he's going, I think his ADP is like 130 overall. Um, he was their, their leader in yards per carry last year, 5.5. The other two guys were under four point, other four yards per carry. So, even if you don't get Jamal Williams, it's it's in your best interest just to stash Aaron Jones. You got to obviously you know keep him on your bench for a few weeks until Jamal Williams maybe gets hurt or or you know doesn't play well. But he's a great late round flyer. One more Heath. I'll go with Austin Eckler. I do think there's a chance that I mean, we've talked about Mike Williams and Tyrell Williams and the receivers benefiting because of the lack of tight ends. I think there's a chance they just throw the ball to their running backs more. He had a pretty good rookie year and he showed some big playability. I think there's a chance that he could be usable as a flex in PPR, even with Melvin Gordon healthy. And if Melvin Gordon goes down, he's just a monster. Okay, so the uh, the three sleepers from Jamie were Chris Godwin, Ben Watson, and Aaron Jones. And from Heath, Alex Smith, Brandon Marshall, and Austin Eckler. Did a Twitter poll yesterday. You still have time to vote. We are going to do a mock draft on the podcast next week. What scoring system should we use? Non-PPR, half-PPR, or full-PPR. Non-PPR is getting absolutely crushed at 18%. Uh, half-PPR is currently in the lead, 43%. But if you are a PPR fan, you still have time to sway the votes, 39%. So very close there. Please vote. We're going to do a draft on the air. Let let us know what you'd like to hear. Guys, hey, Heath. Yeah, huh? Heath. Yeah? Yes. Speaking Heath. of drafts, I didn't, I didn't say you. I said Heath. Yes. <laughs> I know. Why am I answering? I don't know. Go ahead. So, Heath. Yes. Speaking of drafts. Today is a big day. Okay. There is a draft that's going to happen where our good friend Adam Azer is notorious for cheating in. Okay. Notorious. Right. Is, and is this a league that he's not actually officially in? This is a league that he's not actually officially in. Okay. I've heard about this league. But he is notorious for cheating. I've heard cheated? that too. And, and not only that? is he notorious for cheating, now he has some built-in excuses why he could cheat. Okay. What? What? As, what as in... Honey, I'll make a pick for you while you go. Oh, tonight, right, right. Okay. Oh, no, no, honey, you go change the diaper. I'll, I'll, I'll take these few rounds. I am not going to. Wow, Marlon uh, Max still there in round nine? No, no, you really should take him. I am not going. Nope, I am not going to. I told her two things. She is twelfth pick out of twelve. I told her two things. I said take a running back and a receiver with your first two picks, and if Aaron Rodgers is there in round at the end of round three, round four, you can consider taking him. But that's the only things I told her, and she's on her own. I have baby oh. duty tonight. We'll see about that. And there are two ways to spell duty, and I have both of them tonight. <laughs> uh, watch a little preseason football. One game tonight. A lot of them on Friday. A lot of them on Saturday. You know what else is on Saturday? I on Fantasy Football, our radio show. 
on CBS Sports Radio. I on Fantasy Football, 10 p.m. Eastern to midnight on CBS Sports Radio. We take your phone calls, so tune in. You can listen on CBSSportsRadio.com. You can listen uh, on your local CBS Sports Radio affiliate. You can listen on Sirius. There's a CBS Sports Radio channel there. And it's uh, 10 p.m. to midnight Eastern on Saturday night. All right, Dave is here, so I'm going to throw email of the day uh, to Dave. It's fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. This email is from Cascade. And he says, our league has a head coach on our roster. If your coach wins, it's three points. If your coach's team loses, it's negative three points. Is this lame, or are you down with this? I think it's pretty lame. I, it's First of all, it's only three points, so... Most weeks I can't imagine it's going to make or break somebody's score. But why why have it if it's only going it's to be kind of, It's actually six points if you think about it. You're either getting three or losing three. So it's I think a big it's, I it's think a it's big kind deal. of fun. I wouldn't want my all my leagues to be this way, but if you had one league like this, I, sure. I have a buddy who I helped him draft his team, and, and they have a head coach. So last year it was, uh, I, I think, I forget um, when what exact round it was, but it was when defenses started to go. And, it's you know, 14, 15-round draft, that's like round 11, round 12. And so I said, let's just take Belichick right here. You know, at least you know you're going to get 11 wins, 12 wins. You know, however the the Patriots do, you're getting the the most likely coach to get the most wins. Uh, why not go that route? And so he he made the pick, and a couple of guys in the, in the chat room were like, "Oh, you're 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 reaching." And I said to him, like, "How is how, is that reaching? how many points do you get in that league? Three points, same thing. Oh, it's the, yeah, the same exact, same exact thing. thing. Plus yep. three, minus yeah. three. Mm-hmm. There's no such so, thing as reaching that late. No, I I Silly. I I found it funny. Yeah. Uh, all right, guys, we're going to rank some rookie wide receivers, and we got to talk about the Cowboys' offensive line. We also got to talk about FanDuel. The wait is nearly over. Football's almost here. It's fantasy football season. FanDuel has never been more fun or easier to play, and if you're not a fantasy expert, FanDuel is clearly the best place to play. And if you are a fantasy expert, I still think you should be going on FanDuel.com. And when you go there, go to FanDuel.com slash FFT. FanDuel.com slash FFT. You will get a $20 bonus when you make your first deposit on FanDuel. FanDuel.com slash FFT. What do they got now on FanDuel? A free $250,000 survivor contest. The biggest free survivor contest ever. Pick one team to win each week, and you can't reuse that team rest of season. This locks before week one, so do not miss your chance. Sign up right now. FanDuel.com slash FFT, you get that $20 bonus, and also uh, you'll have to then sign up. Well, you don't have to, but you should sign up for this free $250,000 Survivor Contest. I also want to tell you all, we're going to be doing some listener leagues on FanDuel. We're going to be competing against you, so you got to get on FanDuel. I'll give that URL just one more time. FanDuel.com slash FFT. Rank the rookie wide receivers. A self-explanatory segment. Go for it. I'm going to go Gallup 1, Ridley 2, Moore 3, Miller 4, and I believe I have James Washington ahead of Cortland Sutton, but those are my 5 and 6. I will go Moore, Ridley, Gallup, little space, Miller, big space, Christian Kirk. Mine's the exact same way as Heath. Okay, let's catch up then. So Jamie and Heath go Moore, Ridley, Gallup, Anthony Miller, Christian Kirk. Correct. Yep. Moore, Ridley, Gallup, Miller, Kirk. Dave, very different. Gallup one, then Ridley, then Moore, and then Miller, and then Washington. So, yeah, Dave, talk about it. Gallup number one, Ridley two, Moore three. So I, I think Gallup can break ahead of all the rest of the rookies just based on where he is and what his situation is. And he's he's what you want. He's a number one receiver on a team. That, or he could, I couldn't, can't say he is the number one receiver. I think he will be the number one receiver in Dallas. And, uh, and I think he could have a shot at getting close to a thousand yards. I think he can score seven touchdowns by the end of the year. I think he's got that kind of upside. I think Ridley and I look at Ridley and Moore the exact same way. I think they're both in imperfect situations, both really good players, both who will be good contributors for their real teams. And good bench guys for their fantasy teams. And I don't, I don't see either one of them getting close to a thousand yards. I think they're going to both hover around six touchdowns over the course of the year. I think Moore does have a chance to get more catches than Ridley. So in a PPR, I'd put him ahead of Calvin Ridley, but that there, those are my two and three. And then Anthony Miller's a wild card. There, there was a time this preseason where I thought he could end up being the guy in Chicago. Uh, I'm backing off of that now. 
but I do think he does have 800-yard, five-touchdown potential uh, with the Bears. I I wonder if like, – because Michael Gallup, I think, has had the biggest rise in the preseason. Yes, for of, me. In terms yes. of his perception. Yeah, I, 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 I always viewed him as the best Cowboys receiver. I think I was the highest on him from the draft process on. And I think he's in a great situation. I, I agree with that. I don't think any of these guys are going to get 1,000 yards. Um, the, the problem, I think, where Gallup is going to face comparatively to the other two guys – He's going to draw the toughest coverage because where he's going to line up. So that's going to be a problem for him in his rookie campaign is learning how to deal with some top corners. Cause you look at that receiving core. It's, it's a mess. Um, so opportunity could be there for him, but none of these guys are getting a thousand yards. You're hoping for 805 touchdowns from these guys. And I guess what I was, what I was thinking was like, if we're looking at their actual production in preseason games, Gallup's probably fifth or sixth amongst rookie receivers. I think he has three catches. For 46 yards, something like that, and, and one, one of those 30 yard. Yeah, right. he caught a 30 yard bomb. Mm-hmm. And they're very conservative, the Cowboys, with their offense. You know, they're not playing Zeke and Dak this week, right? Uh, I I don't know. I believe they're not. They haven't had Beasley on the field. Whatever you want to think of Cole Beasley, he's going to see a ton of targets, and he's probably going to lead them in receptions. And also, to be fair, like Ridley had a nice game without Julio Jones on the Absolutely. field. Absolutely, and without Devontae Freeman. Without Devontae Freeman. So I don't, there's not too much to make of that, I guess. And DJ Moore had a really good game and a really bad one. When do we start considering these rookie wide receivers, like Kelvin Benjamin or a rookie wide receiver? Benjamin's safer. Yeah, I draft Benjamin before all of these guys. I, I And I was surprised. Uh, I think Ridley's got the highest ADP of them, and I think it's right around pick 100. And I wouldn't take any of them that early. Yeah. Uh, more, I think, was like in the 130s. On CBS or on Ooh, Fantasy yeah. Pros? On, on CBS. Uh, Calvin Ridley is pick 115. And then, yeah, Moore is 138, 137. Gallup, 145. Yeah, he's got Anthony Miller, 152. Cor- I love all these. Cortland Sutton, 160. There's- that's a, like, I'm, I'm around 130 on most of them. So I, I'm probably not getting most of the rookie receivers, but I'll take whichever one is there in the 11th round. Yeah, to, and go back to yesterday. I take DJ Moore in almost every draft. Um, wherever I can get him, I'm I'm thrilled to to take that upside because Devin Funches was very good last year. Obviously, a lot of that came without Greg Olson, but I don't think they have a number one guy. To me, it's very similar to Dallas, except Dallas doesn't have the the, the Olson McCaffrey Funches group. But Moore could easily be the number one guy there. Like I don't think Ridley and Miller have the chance to be the number one guys in their offense. I think Gallup and and uh and more do. The reason I like Ridley ahead of Gallup is just because of the offense he's going to play in. It's becoming clear to me that uh I overproduced this show and we're not going to have time to get to everything. I have a feeling we're going to be pushing the rankings disputes to tomorrow. That is fine. Let's go to the big news. Dallas center Travis Frederick has an autoimmune disease. He could miss several weeks of the regular season. Meanwhile, Zach Martin is dealing with a knee injury, but he could be ready for week one. So what is the impact here on Ezekiel Elliott, Dak Prescott, et cetera? I'm, I'm nervous about keeping Zeke ahead of David Johnson right now. Um, I, I, right now I have it, Gurley, Bell, Zeke, Johnson, and non-PPR. I have Johnson ahead of him in PPR. It, 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 the, the reason you draft Ezekiel Elliott is as much for the offensive line as it is for him. Because he, he's, he's an exceptional player, but he's in an unbelievable situation because that line is the best in football. And if you take two of the best players off that line, it's hard to say that it's it's going to be a good situation for Zeke and, and even worse for Dak. What, what we saw last year was, you know, Elliott got suspended for the six games, but that's when the offensive line had some injuries. And you saw the way that, that he played the left tackle was hurt. So, um, Oh, they Tyron Smith, we, we were debating what's the bigger loss, Tyron Smith or Ezekiel Elliott. They happened at the same time, and mm-hmm. Dak was, couldn't do anything. The offense was pathetic. It was actually yeah. a pretty fun NFL debate. Uh, it made no, a big it's, impact. It, it, it it it's a huge blow. Now there's obviously, if you're drafting now, or if you're drafting two weeks from now, you're gonna have more information. So if you're drafting now, you have to be concerned. Two weeks from now, you may say, "Oh man, I wish I would have taken Ezekiel Elliott because Zach Martin's ready and and Frederick's fine." So they're not out for the season, and that's sort of how you have to play it. And there was something from Doctor David Chow on Twitter. Adam Schefter retweeted it and said he's more likely to miss the entire season than be back for week one. I. Uh, I have heard a similar sentiment. So this, I talked, my father-in-law is a doctor in Chicago. I'm not going to give his name, but he's, he's pretty well known and he, he certainly is very wise. And I ran this past him and I said, could this possibly be 
season ending or career ending? And he said yes to both. Mm. This is a major deal. It is extremely unfortunate. I, my heart goes out to Travis and his family. Um, but you know, I'm hearing that he could miss a couple of weeks. I think that, I think it's, you almost have to figure he's going to miss a couple of months. This is, he's, he's apparently like paralysis is part of this. Like he might not have full range of motion in his yeah, arms I, and legs. I, uh, a former uh, lineman, uh, obviously you know him as an analyst too, Mark Slareth, tweeted to Travis Frederick that he dealt with this during his career. He obviously was able to play, at least if I understand what he said correctly, um, after he was treated for it. Um, Todd Archer, who works for ESPN, who covers the Cowboys, he said he suffered with this in high school. Um, you know, he was able to, you know, go on with his life, obviously, and be fine. Um, was he able to still play? Todd. I'd never played. Okay. Um, but he said he couldn't lift his arms over his head when he first got diagnosed. Okay. So yeah, right. It's, it's, uh, it, it's, it's an unknown. I mean, I think it's the only way to do it. It's, right. it, it treat it like so, that. So let's, drafting let, let's tell people right now, they're drafting tonight. What, where are you taking Ezekiel Elliott? I dropped him below David Johnson, below Antonio Brown, and below DeAndre Hopkins in PPR. I think that's a safe way to do it. He was already behind those guys for me. Um, not Hopkins, but I think you almost have to, you know, play it safe. And, and you have to wonder now, is he in the, Barkley Camara Hunt conversation too, because those guys may be in better spots if, in fact, it's not just Frederick, it's Martin too. If Martin is out for the first few weeks, then you have to really be concerned. Now, Martin is expected to be ready for week one, but again, you know, when, when you nitpick these guys as great as they are, okay, this flaw versus that flaw, this upside versus that upside, and, and, you know, Zeke is on top of, look, Dave just told you, Michael Gallup, the best rookie wide receiver. I've been telling you since the draft, he's, he's one of my favorite guys. I think he'd be their best guy there. That tells you what this receiving core is. So lack of talent and now lack of offensive line. It's you know you, you compare the two situations. We talked about the Cardinal situation. David Johnson's scenario might be just as good, if not better. Lack of offensive line uh, could mean a lack of Dak. And just because Zach Martin and Travis Frederick are dealing with things doesn't mean that the rest of the line is fine. They're starting a rookie, Connor Williams, who is struggling. We know that Tyron Smith missed time last year. We talked about that and how that impacted Dak Prescott. I hate to be doom and gloom here but this is this is not good for for the cowboys guys i'm going to wait to move zeke down in my rankings i want to see what this line looks like uh in the preseason uh, this week and but you can't even get a fair judge i agree with you You can't get a fair judge of that though because no that's true that's true oh that's a good point but yeah that's a good point too yeah this is this is tough this is going to be a real tough one and i'll say like honestly i know this normally doesn't matter with the cowboys they open at Carolina. Carolina typically has a very good run defense. Their next game is the Giants at home. And da- Jamie and I were talking about it. The Giants might actually have a good run defense this year for the second time in three years. They're going to be starting three defensive tackles on their three-four front, and they've had a they've done a good job so far in the preseason. Well, yeah, I wouldn't even. I'm glad think you bring that up it. because people make a big deal about uh, how good Carlos Hyde looked in the second game. Who did he play in the first game? The Giants. Who did Carryon Johnson play in the first game? Giants. No. Oh, second game, game played yeah. the Giants. In the second game, first second game played the Raiders. Was the Giants. First game, game was the, the Giants, and and they struggled to run the ball. And so it's two good preseason games for the Giants' run defense. If you're just looking at it from how the performances have gone for the other teams that they've built for the yeah. teams that those other teams have played. Yeah, and, and right, like ordinarily it would not matter at all with the Cowboys, but it might at least in the early part, depending on Zach Martin and, and Frederick. So, all right, we're, we might be moving Zico Elliott down a few spots. The good news is he's probably still going to be. Among the leaders in carries, if not the leader in carries per and game. And be more involved in the passing game. And be more involved in the passing game. So it's not like he's, it's not like we're predicting doom for Zeke. Uh, probably makes me less excited to draft Dak. I, get, I don't know who's excited to draft Dak. No Dak. one's drafting him in, in one quarterback with Dak or Alex Smith? Alex Smith. Alex Smith. Alex Smith. And it's been Alex Smith. Okay. Um, Green Bay was reported, had reportedly shopped Randall Aaron Cobb. Aaron Rodgers over Dak Prescott. And then wait, no, they have not reportedly shopped, uh, Randall Cobb, according to, um, according to Ian Rappaport. He disputed that report. And, uh, what I was gonna say about Cobb, I brought this up on the wide receiver preview. I brought up a lot of things on that show. Is he just not, I mean, I really liked Randall Cobb and now he's going higher than I, than I wanted him to, but, is he just not that good anymore? How confident are we in Cobb? Because, you know, he just hasn't really been that good for a while. His yards per catch keeps going down. He hasn't been explosive. Uh, what are your thoughts? I, I was I was with you with Cobb, um, and, and I've dropped him significantly because he's having a hard time staying healthy. 
I think the addition of Jimmy Graham, as at least we saw in the in the second preseason game, the reason Cobb was so good early in his career when he was a great fantasy option was his production in the red zone. I don't think you could count on that right now. And there there's some talk. I doubt that's going to happen, but that uh, Jamon Moore may not make the 53-man roster. That would be a surprise. But they drafted all these receivers for a reason. They, they seem to like Geronimo Allison. So this is another guy, you know, going back to our sleeper conversation. If he's not one of your late-round picks, you're, you're making a mistake. Um Mm-hmm. So I, I think Cobb is like I was I was taking Cobb ahead of Emmanuel Sanders. I can't do that anymore. I was taking him ahead of uh Robert Woods. I can't do that anymore. Um he's he's uh he's gone from what was a, a, a middle number three receiver for me to uh a, a top of the number four group. Okay. So uh last piece of news is the Kenyon Drake Frank Gore thing that they're gonna split carries. Dave, what do you make of that? I think the Dolphins would be stupid if they actually split them 50-50. Just, we know that Frank Gore in the last two seasons has five plays of 20 plus yards. Kenyon had eight last year. Wow. So he's more explosive. He's obviously got more familiarity with the offense and he's younger. Why, why would they use, start, whoever starts that first carry or that first snap, that doesn't bother me. But why would they give Frank Gore 10 or more touches and keep Drake off the field? What, what, what situation does that make sense in? And I don't, like, they might give him eight carries a game, maybe even 10 carries a game. I, the place I would think I was underrating Drake a little bit in the passing game. He was great. Because last year, his 16 game pace from week nine on was 52 catches for 412 yards on 75 targets. I didn't have him anywhere close to 50 catches, and I think that probably should be closer to the expectation. The only thing I can think of is, Drake still doesn't have a firm grip on the offense. And maybe the coaches don't want to put somebody out there who doesn't know what he's doing 100% of the time. Man, if he did that, not knowing what he's doing. Yeah, well, let's, I know, he, right. he should right. by now. I, but let's just, uh, let's should. just sum he it up. Have last year. Well, so maybe he does. I mean, maybe they just don't trust him to have the full workload. But what, um, let's just say, you know, did you move Kenyon Drake down? Would you take Drake or Jamal Williams? Would you take Drake or Jay Ajayi? Would you take Drake or, you know, uh, Lamar Miller? Where are you on Kenyon Drake? I, I'll take him over all the guys except Miller. I, I think Miller is a little bit safer. Um, oh, yeah. Drake, Drake has more upside. The one thing about Drake is, I, I said this on, on FFT yesterday, he's never been a full-time starter. You know, he was a backup in Alabama. He was a backup to start his Dolphins career. Last season, once they traded Jay Ajayi, after he proved he was better than Damian Williams, and clearly better than Damian Williams. You know, they gave him the opportunity. So um, I'll go back to what I've been saying all offseason from what I've been told. They're going to split carries. I think Heath's right. It's going to be probably somewhere in the neighborhood of 8 to 10 touches for Frank Gore. He'll probably have 5 to 7 carries. He'll probably have 2 to 3 catches. But Drake is going to be the guy working on passing game predominantly. And he's still going to get his share of, of carries. And you have to assume that if he plays to the level he's capable of playing, he will keep Frank Gore on the bench. The investment in Frank Gore is very minimal from a salary standpoint, so they have really no commitment to him. But again, he's a veteran guy who knows what to do. So while he may know the offense better than Drake, which would be sad that he comes in in the offseason and picks it up, <laughs> um, and I don't really look at the 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 20 yard plays for Frank Gore. I mean, you, you said the last five years. Oh no, the last two years. Okay, so two years. Five. So 33 to 35 years old for him. I don't expect him to have a lot of 20 yard. Right, runs. but why would you put that guy on the field? I'm, afraid, I'm just afraid of that as often yardage. as the other guy. It's short it, yardage. It's, is all I'm it's short of. yardage. It, to me, it's some passing situations. If if Drake misses an assignment on a blitz pickup, I, I I just think that Drake is is the better talent here, and so that's where you sort of have to say he should win out. Is Kenyon Drake a top 40 pick? No, barely. Uh, 40 I, to 40 to 50. I, I think he, I think he probably should be. Alright. Guys, uh, you know, the Google Assistant. I hope you all been using the Google Assistant during your drafts. It's so easy. Just download the Google Assistant app and say, hey Google, talk to CBS and then ask your rankings question and find out who to draft. I used it last night. Uh, was asking about Joe Mixon versus Christian McCaffrey, standard scoring league. Just wanted to see what the Google Assistant would say. So I put it to the test and we're gonna do it again. We're gonna have a little, uh, a little rankings debate here. Debating two wide receivers, we'll let Dave, Jamie, and Heath fight it out, and then we will settle it with the Google Assistant. So let's talk Keenan Allen versus Devontae Adams. Heath, kick it off. Who would you rather own? What format are we doing? Yeah, it's uh, up to you. Let, well, let's do let's do non PPR. In PPR, it's not close. Yeah, non PPR, it's, it's closer. I will still take Keenan Allen. I don't think there was anything fluky about what he did last year, except for the fact that he only scored six touchdowns. 
And I know there's like this thought out there that he doesn't score touchdowns. He's had an eight touchdown season. He had four and a half of a season one other year. We should expect seven or eight touchdowns. We should expect him to be amongst the league leaders in targets and receptions, probably the league leader. And I wouldn't be surprised if he gets more work in the red zone since the Chargers don't have any talent at tight end. All right, very nice. Jamie? I think he now is going to lead the NFL in receptions. So um, you know what his upside is will kind of depend on the touchdowns. So Devontae Adams should score more touchdowns than him, but Allen should have him in catches and yards, and he might have him by a lot of yards. So uh, I, I would take Keenan Allen over him in both formats, but it is closer in, in non-PPR than PPR. Dave. Give me give me a year with Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers together and where Adams is the number one guy, and you will see his yardage pop. That's what I'm expecting. We've seen his touchdown numbers be great each of the last two seasons. One of those was with Brett Hundley throwing him the football. Keenan Allen, uh, I think, what's his career high in touchdowns this season? Is it eight? eight? Yep. Okay. I wouldn't be surprised if he had eight. I think Adams will have that beat, and I think the yardage will be close between the two of them. In non-PPR, I will go with Devontae Adams. All right, so now we got to find out what the Google Assistant thinks. Very fun. you got to download that app, and you say, Hey, Google, talk to CBS Sports. Hi, this is CBS Sports, and we are using our fantasy football computer projections and expert rankings to answer your player-specific draft questions. Ask a question like, should I draft Matt Ryan, or should I draft Matt Ryan or Alex Smith? Should I draft Keenan Allen or Devontae Adams? Take Keenan Allen. He is projected to be the number four wide receiver in standard leagues and number three in PPR leagues. Devontae Adams is projected to be the number five wide receiver in both standard and PPR leagues. What else would you like to know? Hmm. Well, last last week, Jamie, you wanted to know what to have for lunch. Right, right, right. Can Google order me a meatball parm sandwich? <laughs> oh, I forgot to tell everybody. I'll tell you in a second. Just want to remind everyone, this is the Google Assistant coming through again to help us out, going with Keenan Allen. And you can see how this might be useful and fun on draft day. Maybe if you want to talk trash with your friends or something, you're doing a live draft and you have a debate or something, just download the uh, the Google Assistant all season long on your on your any phone. And on Android, you know, you can just ask, hey, Google, talk to CBS Sports. And we're going to tackle a key fantasy question every week, so you can submit your questions to fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Or if you want your question to be answered live on HQ, uh, go on Twitter, find at CBS Fantasy, and submit your question to at CBS Fantasy. Just make sure you download the Google Assistant app or use Google Assistant on Android all season long and ask, hey, Google, talk to CBS Sports. Uh, we had a rankings debate yesterday, Melvin Gordon or Kareem Hunt, and we needed to go to the guru, Zoe, my cat, to determine the winner, we were deadlocked, and I gave her two plates of food in the morning. The one on the left was Melvin Gordon. The one on the right was Kareem Hunt. And she decided Kareem Hunt should be going ahead of Melvin Gordon. So Zoe. So is Zoe going to shave your head too? Are we going to shave Zoe's head? No. Are you going to shave your head because Zoe was right? I'm going to shave your head, Jamie. I'm going to shave your head. Your head. I have a no. somewhat receding hairline. You don't. So I need to hide it with long hair. And you don't. All right, we've got um, – when are you leaving, Jamie? Uh, ten minutes. Ten minutes. Okay, good. So we have time for two segments. I want to do uh, uh, this important question and then Fantasy Jeopardy if we have time for that. If not, we'll do it for, We'll do it tomorrow. Uh, okay. We've gotten – we've talked so much about, like, the top ten wide receivers – or eight wide receivers, ten or eleven running backs, depending on McCaffrey and the format – what I want to know is how you guys make your decisions after the top 19 or 20 are off the board. So let's say you have an early pick in round one, and you're looking at a late pick in round two, a swing pick or something, and you're looking at maybe it's McCaffrey. PPR, you know, he's ahead of this group probably. But Jordan Howard, Freeman, based on ADP McCoy, I know he'd be a little low for us, Mixon, ah. <laughs> Evans, McKinnon, Hilton, Diggs, Baldwin, Thielen, Kelsey, Derek Henry, Alex Collins, etc. And I find like the early second round to mid second round picks to be no brainers for me. And I find the late second round picks in a twelve team league, after twentieth overall, I'd say after Gronk's off the board, I find them to be more challenging. You know, more up for debate. I want to know how you guys approach that group. The tier, let's say like the the next tier of running back and wide receiver and throw in Kelsey and Ertz as well. And what do you think? So I like first of all, I, I I feel like this is kind of a simple way to go after this is once those great running backs are gone, 
I go to the receivers. Once those great wide receivers are gone, I go back to the running backs. It's kind of a back and forth, but there are guys mixing in from different positions in with them. But generally, that's the way I go after it. When I'm in that round two or round three range, I'm looking for players that have a chance to finish top 12 at their position still. So I'm going with guys that at running back, I want somebody that can get me close to 1,500 total yards and 10 touchdowns. Receiver, those numbers are down a little bit. It's probably closer to about 1,200 yards and eight touchdowns. My end of the second round approach is um, probably a little oversimplified, but step one is T.Y. Hilton still there. Step two, take Travis Kelsey. What about Mike uh, Evans? I would I would much rather have both. Over Evans. Evans, okay. So so okay so Hilton and and uh, Kelsey. Right, and really, when those two are gone, I, I'd say the player I take the most often is, and on PPR at least, is probably Devontae Freeman. Okay, over Mixon? Oh, yes. Um, and what it really comes down to in that range, cause we're talking about like a major tier drop off, is finding the guys that you don't think are actually a major tier drop off. I think T.Y. Hilton is close to belonging in that Michael Thomas, A.J. Green, Devontae Adams range. I think, Travis Kelsey is closer to Gronk than he is to Ertz. I think Devontae Freeman is a top 12 running back. So take the guys that you think actually belong in that tier that nobody else does. Jamie, what do you do in this range? I still think Evans is there too, um, uh, especially if, uh, if if the touchdowns come up for him. Now that's an if, but he does have two of his four years with 10 or more touchdowns. So there, there's, a, there's a decent track record that he will score more than five. Um, but yeah, I, I would also look at Joe Mixon. I, I just think that this is the breakout season for him, and he is going to. Uh, when you look back on your draft, you can say, "I wish I took him at the end of round two. And I think and, McCa- and McCaffrey and PPR. Obviously. Yeah, McCaffrey, sure. And, and I think that if you're if you're okay, we're talking about rounds two and three. If you want to take it a step further and look at rounds four and five in your next picks. Now, if you're in a ten-team league, I'm not sure if it matters. Do whatever you want position-wise. If you're in a twelve-team league. I do feel like we've talked about this recently. You guys tell me, you know, if you agree or disagree. The rounds four or five running backs that you're going to get, let's say around 45th overall to 55th overall, something like that, are are, are probably better than the wide receivers. Um, you might get Drake falling there, Jamal Williams, J.H.I.E., Mark Ingram, maybe Deion Lewis in PPR, something like that. And Royce Freeman will be there. Royce Freeman. And you're comparing that to, gosh, I don't know, Golden Tate, Allen Robinson, Josh Gordon. It really depends, though, like, and I know that it depends so much on your league because there are definitely times when your choices in that range are Josh Gordon, Juju Smith-Schuster, Jarvis Landry, and non-PPR, and and those guys are pretty good values at the end of round four. Are they better than those running back values? I, I really like the running back values. I think it just depends on how you start your team. You know, if, if you've gone two running backs in your first three picks, then you're probably going to lean on a receiver. If you've gone one running back, two receivers— you may be looking at the running back group there. Um, that's where, you know, for most of our listener drafts, that's where quarterback will come into play. You know, again, we would tell you to wait, but uh, it's hard to pass on Aaron Rodgers or if you want to get Tom Brady or Deshaun Watson in that range. Um, you know, th- those are where those guys are, are, are typically going to go. I also think, though, it's it's not just this receiver group. It's, it's sort of the next group behind them where you're going to see two of the biggest risers, which are going to be Chris Hogan and Marquise Goodwin. You're going to see, uh, you know, maybe – or not, not maybe, but you'll see them still on the board. There, you'll see uh, the the Rams guys, you know, Cup and, and Woods, because Cooks probably goes in this round four group just based on the the names that you mentioned. Um, and then you go even a step further. You have uh, if you're an Emmanuel Sanders guy, uh, a Will Fuller guy, Corey Davis. You know, th- those are guys that could clearly make or break your your receiving core and your fantasy team. But there's so much upside with them if they hit that you can lean on these running backs and and still be able to get quality receivers where I think that's where the running back drop-off starts to happen unless you're so in love with Marshawn Lynch and Marlon Mack and, you know, Isaiah Crowell. And, and I think Carlos is going to push himself ahead of that group, but he's in that draft range right now. And I would say the, the maybe the biggest thing about drafting at that one-two or that start of the first turn or the end of the first turn is you need to get the guys you want more so than at other draft positions, ADP becomes much less important because you're going to do one of two things when you're drafting at the turn. You're either going to draft the guys you want too early or you're going to draft the guys that nobody else wants and let fall to you. Fall to you. So let's say you have the third pick and you've taken David Johnson or something like that. What are your ideal next two picks in rounds three, two and three? Kelsey's 
in the equation for sure. And then I think it's just depending on if you want to take one of those receivers that nobody seems in love with or if you're shooting for upside with a non-PPR, which will be McCaffrey. Uh, Mixon will definitely be there. Um, McKinnon was there, but he's not He's not part of this equation anymore. Devontae Freeman, LaShawn McCoy. Those right, are who the, are you going to take? What, what oh, I'm, I'm, I'm looking to Mixon. see if I can get Kelsey and then try and pairing him with if I can't get Mixon, I'm trying to get Diggs or Baldwin. I'm, I would love it if yeah. I could start with David Johnson, T.Y. Hilton, Travis Kelsey. Right. I'm looking more for those receivers in round two of, it's really going to come down to Mike Evans or T.Y. Hilton. Hopefully one of them will be there. And then I'm, I'm not going to pass up value at running back or receiver in round three. I'm going to try and probably just get the, the player with the most upside by that point. Yeah. I mean, do you think that Stefan Diggs, Doug Baldwin, do you think, maybe Thielen if you like him there, do you think that uh, they compare favorably to Mixon and uh, Freeman, McCaffrey, Collins, or they're the same type of of player at different spots? You know, the the, the upside for guys like Baldwin and and Diggs and Thielen and you throw Tyree Kill in there if you want to too. Um, you know, is to be top ten at their position. The upside for those running backs is is the same. You know, I I, I you, again you could debate how much you like or dislike. The guys who are going that range, McCaffrey, Mixon, McKinnon, uh, Howard, Freeman, you know, they all have the chance to be, um, barring injury to the guys above them, top 15 running backs. And, and again, if things work out right, they'll be better than that. But there's also a low floor for them because we haven't seen Mixon be successful as a feature back. We haven't seen McKinnon in, in that role. Um, you know, everybody's talking about Jordan Howard and, and what the role for Tariq Cohen could be and how this, you know, offense will operate. So there, there's, there's flaws with all of these guys for a reason. That's why they're in this range. But, uh, I think he said it best. Take the guys you want. You know, and, and that's kind of uh, the way you should operate. You know, if if it's close and it's like, OK, I have these five receivers in this group. I have these, you know, five running backs and then throw the two tight ends in there with Kelsey Nertz. Just try and get two guys that you think are going to have the best seasons because you think so, not necessarily because you've been told so. And it, I, I like getting at least one receiver in those first three picks. The one thing I'll, I'll, I'll say is that I think the running back is the better way to go. If you've if you've started running back receiver and you're picking early in round three, the scenario that you put us in. I'll, I'll, I'm going to veer toward Howard Freeman, um, Nixon, Collins, Henry, not necessarily in that order, but one of those running backs before one of the receivers that we talked about because their, their potential is still 1100, 1200 total yards, certainly more touchdowns than those wide Wait, receivers. You're, you're saying if you took a running back in round one or a wide receiver in round one, you, you go with the running he back. Said, in round he said two. a wide receiver. I, 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 I one I, wide receiver with those first two picks. I'll give you a scenario. We, we were uh, doing our pick by pick series and I had the first overall pick and I went running back, running back, running back because I wanted to take three players I liked and it happened to be Todd Gurley one, uh, Joe Mixon and Christian McCaffrey at the two three swing. Now, you know, I like. Stephon Diggs, you know, I like Doug Baldwin. Those two guys were available. Hilton was gone. Evans was gone. Kelsey was gone. So I said, you know what? I'm going to just take three guys I like. And I'm thrilled with it because now, I, like I told you, I love that receiving group that I'm going to get rounds four through eight. Yes, yes. And now that I know I have those three backs, again, some things have changed from when we did it to, to now. But my, my receiving core is, I'm not going to remember all on the top of my head, but Chris Hogan, uh, Cobb is one of them. I think Jameson Crowder is one of them. It's just, it's like, I, I think I took six receivers, but all of them have the chance to be the best guy on their team, or at least the second best guy on their team. And, and there's, there's nothing wrong with that if you get your two studs and your flex at another position. And I did that with running back. And the cherry on top is to rewind to five minutes ago when Jamie was talking about what happens in rounds five and six and where it, that's like last call for the running backs that you'll feel good about starting pretty much against any opponent. Versus the receivers that are there that sure. they're, they're, they're certainly going to be inconsistent. So planning ahead for that by leaning toward running back with those earlier round picks is the way to go. It's the smart play. Jamie, I'm going to let you go. We'll do Jeopardy tomorrow. Uh, if you had, if Kelsey Hilton and Gotta Evans, go by. if Kelsey Hilton and Evans had been on the board, would you have taken those two running backs? Um, if Kelsey and Evans were on the board, no, I probably would have taken one of them and, and one of those other guys. Okay. Thank you. Bye, Jamie. So Jamie's Bye. going to do some CBS Sports HQ uh, video content. Heath already did some this morning. We got plenty of fantasy for you on CBS Sports HQ. How do you watch it? Download the CBS Sports app. That is free. And you can do watch this on your over-the-top uh, devices. So I watch on my Roku, Amazon Fire, Apple TV, all that stuff. That Get the CBS Sports app and stream CBS Sports HQ. 24-7 streaming content, all free. You don't have to sign up. Just sit back and relax and watch some amazing sports coverage and guys, I think that was a, that was a good discussion. It was an important discussion. 
and uh, hope, hopefully very helpful for people who have an early pick in round one. I think the good news is if you play in a 10-team league, it's, it's so stress-free. It is so stress-free, man. Like you're just gonna get you're gonna get three great players with your first three picks. All-star teams. We get asked so often, where do you want to pick? I definitively know where I want to pick now. You've got it down, Pat. Eight or later. How come? I want Melvin Gordon. I think I can get him eight or later. If I don't get Melvin Gordon, I don't, I don't, you know, uh, you know when it was Greg Oden versus Kevin Durant and you just, you kind of wanted to have the number two pick in the draft because you wanted the first guy to have to make the tough decision. You'll take the rest. Like that is how I feel about Barkley, Kamara, Hunt, Gordon, Cook. I will take the last one of that group, but I kind of want Melvin Gordon. So I think I can get him at 10, to be honest. Then I'll take my receiver in round two, and I'll, I'll be just completely happy with my draft with the way it starts. So I, I kind of feel similarly about where I want to pick. And this is subject to change always because we just don't know what's going to happen in Dallas and how we'll feel about Ezekiel Elliott after this fallout with the offensive line. But I, I think I'm good to go in a PPR draft with any of the big four running backs or Antonio Brown or Saquon Barkley. And so because I love all six of those players, I will take that same approach you did about just being the guy to take one without making a tough decision. Let everybody else make the decision in front of me. I'll get one of those top six players. And then when I'm up in round two, I'm sure to get one of those stud receivers that we like, one of those top ten, along with possibly Gronk, one of those options in round two and maybe one of them falls to me in round three if not i can go with Ertz if he's there i can go with one of the running backs someone will be there from, from howard freeman mixon collins or i can go with tyree kill if i'm feeling like that's the decision i want to go with maybe i get two running backs with my first two picks and i end up going with uh, tyree kill in round three anything like that but that sixth pick is where i'm starting to settle in as my favorite spot six okay yeah and Ertz is really interesting because if you want a top three tight end, you don't want to be picking probably later than like tenth, because um, I don't know, like I don't know that Ertz might get back to you. He might get back to you, but he might not. And it's a, it really depends on how much you value that uh, top three tight end. You're not getting Gronk or Kelsey unless you take them in round two, which you're probably not doing. And you know what, Heath, I'm, I'm seeing just so many people. I guess people do this a lot now. Pick their own draft order. Uh, they picked their, you know, we get that question all the time. I can pick where I'm drafting. What should I pick? What would, yeah. your, what would your answer be? If somebody asked me what position I prefer in the draft, I just say nards. Not a real difference then. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm very. Oh, are, okay. Oh, nards. Yeah. The nards. nards the nard you know, dog. You're the nard not dog. A real, not a real difference then. Um, I, I like the back part of the draft. I love, uh, pick seven because it makes it very likely that I'm getting DeAndre Hopkins and somebody like Michael Thomas or AJ Green. So I, I do enjoy that position quite a bit. Um, I have been kind of yearning a little bit for a top three pick over the last couple of weeks just because I've started so many teams with receivers early and I don't want to have none of those elite running backs. Sure. But Nards. Nards, okay. Well, let's read some emails. Emails is a, can we make emails into an acronym? For like, you could, yes. Alright, we'll give it a shot. David from a city in New York, and our email address is fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. David is, uh, Dave, he's from a city in New York. Albany. He's from Albany, okay. I have the first overall pick in a 12 team standard league. I have Ezekiel Elliott as a third round keeper. I plan on taking Le'Veon Bell first. Now, so he's gonna have Zeke and Bell. Should I keep Derrick Henry in the 10th or Keenan Allen in the 5th? Standard scoring. If you can keep Derrick Henry at a great value for the rest of his career, I would keep Henry. But if it's only for one year, maybe even only two years or less at this value, then it's got to be Keenan Allen. Yeah, I would probably... Derrick Henry is a better value in the 10th than Keenan Allen as the 5th. But they're both really good values. But if I had Zeke and Bell, I would probably keep Keenan Allen in the 5th. All right, this one's from No Name or City. Let's give him, let's assign that. Butch is from Las Cruces, New Mexico. All right, from, uh, from Butch in Las Cruces, New Mexico. I'm in a keeper league. Gurley's being kept. I have the second pick. It's PPR. It's 10 teams. Would you take Zeke or DJ? Bell will be gone. Would you take Zeke or DJ? I think it's gotta be DJ. 
and I had DJ ahead of Zeke and PPR to begin with, but now with the O line issue, that that just makes it obvious. I'd probably take Antonio Brown, but DJ over Zeke. John from Minnesota. Any reason to take a stab at Oakland running back Chris Warren? Seems like he's having a good preseason. So the Raiders have a couple of old running backs. You guys know who they are. It's Lynch and Doug Martin. Uh, Gruden just got done talking up Jalen Richard yes, this week. Uh, DeAndre Washington's hurt, but Gruden thinks he's still going to make the team. And then you've got Warren who, you know what? If, if they end up cutting him and trying to sneak him onto the practice squad, someone else could snipe him and put him on their roster. I don't have a problem with it if you've got 18, 19 rounds and you just want to have some fun at the end. Yeah, I'm, I don't think he makes much sense except for in a dynasty league. Okay. That is, uh, that is Chris Warren for the Raiders. Uh, Sam in Denver, fourth pick. I'm guessing I'll be deciding between, uh, David Johnson or Antonio Brown. The interesting part is that players start to receive PPR at eight receptions. And running backs start to get a point per carry at 24 carries. <laughs> Who would you pick, David Johnson or Antonio Brown? I would assume that Antonio Brown is going to have several more games with eight receptions than David Johnson has with 24 carries. I don't know if David Johnson is going to even have one game with 24 carries. Um, this would, is a weird Brown. way of doing Very. this. Brown is the pick. Now, what if that were Ezekiel Elliott? Because he might get three or four games with more than 24 carries. But it's still got to be Brown. still got to be Brown. Yeah. All righty. Uh, next email is from Mike in a really small town in central Pennsylvania. Um, River Falls. Dear Malcolm, Jane, Wash, and Zoe. Ooh, I have um, no idea. An obscure television show that I've never seen. Firefly characters. Firefly. Nailed it. 12-team PPR Keeper League where it seemed everyone but me kept at least one running back. My keepers are Kelsey in the fourth and Hilton in the fifth. So he has Kelsey and Hilton. I ended up with Russell Wilson, Travis Kelsey, T.Y. Hilton, Michael Thomas, Stefan Diggs, Marshawn Lynch, and Duke Johnson are my starters, and I have some running back depth. What do you think about this zero RB? It's Wilson, Lynch, Duke Johnson. It's PPR. Uh, plus Michael Thomas, Stefan Diggs, T.Y. Hilton, Travis Kelsey. Will I be playing for the first pick next year? Which I really place? don't have a problem with this. I think like the problem is you say I also drafted some depth running backs, and I would really, really like to know who those depth running yeah, backs are. That's true. But no, I, you have the best receiving core in the league, I'm sure. You have the second best tight end in the league, I'm sure. And you have a good quarterback. So... This is the way to overcome not having great running backs. The second Diggs or Hilton have a huge game. I'm talking seven catches, 150 yards, and a touchdown. Start seeing if you can trade them for a running back. This is from like Tom. a good one, not you know, yeah, not, great a, one. not Lashawn McCoy. One. Go at go for the yeah, reach for the stars on that, but yeah. try and see if you can move some of that receiver talent for a running back and diversify, diversify your portfolio. That's right. Thank you, Dave. So this is where's Dom from? Uh, he's from New Orleans, Louisiana. Our league has keepers and guys have gotten lucky enough over the last couple years that this year, Gurley and Kamara are off the board. I draft in spot nine and from mock drafts and ADP, I'm consistently being faced with choosing between Dalvin Cook and Kareem Hunt or Beckham and Julio. So I guess four of them. Cook, Hunt, Beckham, Julio. Who would you guys take? Julio. From, well, wait a minute. It sounds like he can take one of each. Um, I don't know if that's true. He says if I if I draft a wide receiver in this spot, my running back options drop significantly because it's a keeper league. So I don't know that Cook and Hunt will get back to him in round two. Probably not. Of those four, I prefer Odell Beckham. Oh, I thought you just said Julio. I may have. I meant Odell Beckham. Okay, Beckham. Maybe you meant Odell Jones. Hello? Uh, I'm going to go the other way. I'm going to say Kareem Hunt because then potentially maybe he could be your keeper for a first-rounder for a long period of time. Uh, I believe he's the youngest of the group, and he doesn't have a torn ACL that he's coming back from. Okay, we're done. Good show. Thank you, Dave. Jamie, thank you, Heath. Oh, I meant, I meant thank you, Dave, Heath. Thank you, Jamie. Jamie Why are you thinking Jamie? Right he's not here anymore. Well, yeah. Well, thank 
He did a great job. He's he's outside the office. What did he say he had to do? HQ. Oh no, he's he's eating pretzels. He's got his feet up on his desk. He's he just caught a pretzel. He just threw it like a foot and a half in the air and he caught it in his mouth. Na 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 na. Nah. nah. It's all-